Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Well, there was a bear bear, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, Clotho Spindle on Tumblr, joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky, Chickren on Tumblr. Kama. Hi, I'm Kama, uh, Grammar Saves Lives on Tumblr. Eon. Hey, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. And our new guest, Heidi Mo. Hi there, this is Heidi Mo. You can find me at Heidi Mo78 on Tumblr. Cool. Thanks for joining us tonight. Cool. <laughs> Thank you. I'm oh, yeah. so. <laughs> Last week, we began our read-through of Catelyn Stark's point-of-view chapters, and we'll be going over second chapter in A Game of Thrones in this episode. Spoiler warnings, as usual, for A Song of Ice and Fire, and possibly the show. A little background to this chapter, the party from King's Landing has since arrived at Winterfell. Robert wants Ned to replace John Aaron as Hand of the King. Ned asks for time to consider and tell his wife. Catelyn, too, revolves around the fallout of that request, and I'll go right in. Catelyn describes her bedchamber as being the hottest room in Winterfell due to a hot spring heating system that runs through the walls. But Cat and Ned have just made the room even hotter with their sexy right? vibes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ned rolls off and becomes pensive as he walks to the window to get some night air. He announces that he will refuse the title of Hand of the King, and Catelyn immediately objects. She insists that he must not throw the honor of Hand of the King and Sansa's betrothal to Joffrey back in Robert's face. Ned points out that Sansa is only 11, and Catelyn reminds him that she was only 12 when she was promised to his brother Brandon. I'll read the response here. Yes, Brandon would know what to do. He always did. It was meant for Brandon. You, Winterfell, everything. He was born to be a king's hand and a father to queens. I never asked for this cup to pass to me. Perhaps not, Catelyn said, but Brandon is dead, and the cup has passed, and you must drink from it, like it or not. Ned turned away from her, back to the night. He stood staring out in the darkness, watching the moon and the stars, perhaps, or the sentries on the wall. Catelyn softened then to see his pain. Eddard Stark had married her in Brandon's place, as custom decreed, but the shadow of his dead brother still lay between them, as did the other, the shadow of the woman he would not name, the woman who had borne him his bastard son. (laughs) (laughs) And and as Lot would say his sister, who he had a baby with. (laughs) Well, yes, but no. (laughs) Oh, God, there's so much here. Go ahead, Eon. Well, I was just wanting to go back to just the the talk about the hot springs that go through Winterfell. I just really love how whenever whenever Martin goes into just talking about the castles and just buildings and building designs, I just really think that's awesome just to have that type of detail worked into a place that is just completely, it's in the north, it's always cold, and this is how you survive. I mean, the common people are not going to have this, but I mean, that's just, I just find that really really cool it is it's such just a, to have like this yeah. own like it's a medieval kind of s- central heating system yeah these little <laughs> interesting facets because it ties into how much you know ned wanted to make her comfortable and um but that is you know i looked that up and there were really 
they had the ability to do these things. Like they would usually not exist right over the hot spring, build over it, but they would build wooden and old, you know, old metals for pipes and use them to heat buildings. So I mean, it was kind of bring hot water in. I didn't know that until I googled it, but apparently it was a yeah, medieval. I'm, just, I'm such a dork, but I think yeah. that's that's actually really awesome. Yeah. Oh, the great of world building i was thinking the same thing eon i'm like that's it's a great detail you know to think of this little hot spring up in winterfell and you know the fact that like you said ned did it to make her comfortable i'm like that's kind of sweet <laughs> yeah well and it's cool that they get into like some of the background with like how the greenhouses work and stuff because mm-hmm. one of the first questions people have about this crazy series is like how can you have winters that last seven years how do people survive and it's like well you know they kind of figured out how to grow food in between and stuff um but yeah. it's funny because, like, when you think about, like, the present state of Winterfell, you know, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure, oh, oh God, now I'm oh, testing my knowledge. But I think that, like, all of, I think Ramsey, like, broke all the greenhouses when he was oh, attacking he Winterfell. Would. And, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, it's all ruined like that. Oh, oh such well, a dick. Yeah. <laughs> He's a giant fucking dick. Surprise. It, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. for all that they had that, that technology as it was back then, their own they wouldn't have been able to, it wouldn't have been a, an easy fix. You know, these things, once they mess up, he would have destroyed part of the, oh man, the ductwork yeah. or the greenhouse. It's not like they could have, you have to have yeah. glass shipped to you from oh, wherever, man. whoever makes that, because I don't think that's something they'd be doing. Although, mm-hmm. I mean, when they talk about glass in medieval times, I mean, it's not like they have Anderson windows. I mean, this is like, no. their own version. Yeah. Um, probably thick and modeled and all that. I, I did think, yeah. um, I'm trying to remember, but I want to say that uh, the Dreadfort also has this sort of uh, hot spring deal oh. going on, too. But I can't be sure. And I wonder, I kind of wonder about if other houses in the north have a similar, you know, like if that sort of maybe where people settled or whatever, because, you know, you could survive that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hook up to I that geothermal heat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes, that yes. naked. Oh yeah, the I naked. I and I didn't I was gonna I was trying to summarize that, but he was standing I just thought it was his ritual. Like she mentions that he does that every time. He'll go and stand by the window naked and you know <laughs> like he overheated. <laughs> Too hot, hot damn. No pensively starts. <laughs> I also love that I mean, I love how political she is. Like she gets that you can't just say no to this, you know? Um, and she gets that, you know, this is an opportunity. I mean, it's all going to go horribly, horribly wrong. But again, on paper, she's not wrong about anything she's telling him. She's she's a Tully. Isn't part of their family saying it has duty in it? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's also like understanding the, the consequences of saying no to this kind of a thing. And, right. and that this is an opportunity for their daughter. And I mean, although honestly... I think this is a weakness that certainly that Rob is not betrothed already and that, you know, they haven't talked about what to do with Sansa. It it seems like they're just sort of waiting for this all to happen. And I think they, if this were like a real medieval society, that would have been something they would have had planned out. Oh, they would have known by then. Well, Well, Rob is 14. If yeah, he's, sure, for sure. If Catelyn was betrothed at 11 or 12, mm-hmm. you can right. be damn sure they would not be, you know, you have a 14-year-old boy, you'd be working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you'd think. 
Well, also, I like the, what you were saying is that um, Catelyn brings up you knew the man, but the king is a di- the king is a stranger. It says in the book, you know, the man mm-hmm. is different than the king is. So she is politically savvy, like you mentioned, as far as that goes, knowing the difference. Yeah, well, it really highlights how Ned always kind of like wants to look at the world as though everyone else is going to do what he would do, and it's like, oh, Robert's just a human being, so we're still just <laughs> relating like people, you know, we're still bros, and I mean. They are, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he just never has gotten the whole political aspect. Yeah. What's sad is Catelyn barely gets the political aspect. I mean, like, if you really look at it in the grand scheme of things, as we're going to see later in this chapter, but she grasps so much more of it than he does. Well, and again, I mean, like, if you're operating off of, you know, she hasn't seen her sister in, what, 10, 15 years. They haven't seen these people. It's not like they just ran into them. You know, they're operating Mm -hmm. off of, like, a worldview that's, you know, they really don't know what's been going on elsewhere. There's no way they really would. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've said it before. These people communicate. I mean, other than the occasional letter, I mean, those Raven Scrolls are, like, the size a little bit larger than what you get in a Chinese fortune cookie. Uh, Makes you think how (laughs) truly shocked, you know, Ned was and must have been when he saw Robert. Well, I mean, it's like, you know... They don't have a way of seeing these people or understanding what's happened to them. You know, they've got their conjecture off of, you know, I knew you when and you were like this then, but they don't know about the the intervening 10, 20 years of stuff that happened to change the person. Right. They just have the memories and not the actual experiences, like you said. And, you know, to, to be fair for to Ned... You know, I went back and kind of looked at the conversation just to refresh um, that he had with Robert, and he was pretty damn blunt that he really just wanted to sit back and enjoy things and let Ned take the helm. That's pretty intimidating. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know, you know, I wonder to what extent, it sounds like they didn't discuss this really in depth, Kat and Ned, even before this conversation here, but I really wonder if he really gave her (laughs) the full picture yeah, mm-hmm. you do wonder. And there are a lot of little nuggets like that, you know, like, oh, you know, how much did he tell Kat about their conversation and, you know, what he's thinking? I mean, like, you know, he has some really good insight here where he's really hesitant about betrothing Sansa to Joffrey. It's like mm-hmm. he's already picking up on what an asshole Joffrey is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, oh, do we want to do this, you know? And and you get into the whole political aspect of it. It's, uh Right. But, but if people felt, are in yeah. over their heads. <laughs> and it felt like a real genuine, you know, just looking at it aside from the fantasy setting, it felt like a genuine conversation between a husband and a wife. Because, you know, there's been situations, or spouses, whatever gender, situations where one might be reticent about something and the other one sort of thinks about, oh, the family line and the, you know, financial things and all these aspects of, you know, what's involved in decision making in a marriage, so... Yeah, that's true. It's funny, their dynamic, because it it is very husband and wifey. And yet at the same time, there's kind of a through thread that, you know, this wasn't something that Mm -hmm. either of them chose. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, they did technically choose it. But you know what I mean? This this was this was arranged without their really input. And and they managed to make it work. Yeah, they they did. Yeah. Yeah. And she even talks about wanting, which I didn't have in my notes, but I wanted to add that um, she talked about hoping that she was pregnant after this particular, you know, to have another kid. Yeah, yeah, she wanted to had more boys to the line. Yeah, guy cuz I forget that in the books of course Rickon is only what 3 years old and you yeah. know Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're in their mid, what, lower to mid 30s, I think? Are they 33 or 34? Yeah. They're not old. Lower. Yeah, yeah well, they get married when they're like 15 or 16. Yeah. I mean, they're all so much younger than they are on the show. So it's oh, like. Yeah. She could have had a, potentially have had a few more kids, at least, you know, two or three, maybe. 
So, I mean, is there a way? I don't think, I think she's right. I don't think this is something he could have refused without huge consequences. I don't think. Uh, I mean, like, like he could have refused it. There would have been consequences. I think the question is, would the consequences have mattered to Ned? Like, they matter to Kat. Kat's still kind of involved in, in, like, the concepts of the political realm. But, you know, the Starks, the North have always been isolated. It was really, you know, Ned's dad kind of went went yeah. outside the norm when he kind of played in the politics of the South and, and tried to make alliances in the South. And, you know, I think in Ned's mind, you know, that's just something he doesn't want to be a part of and it's something he can ignore. And Kat's like, no, 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 you know, like, we, we have to be involved. We're going to get sucked into it. So I mean, you can kind of you can kind of make a, a an argument for either one of them being correct from Kat's position as a Tully in the Riverlands that are situated right in the middle of everything who have to be political to survive. You know, it makes sense what she's saying. You know, does Ned have a point that the North really doesn't have to get involved in this stuff and it really doesn't affect them a huge amount in the long run? Yes, he also has a point. Like they both have, you know, their own perspectives. But it's kind of mm-hmm. one of the cool things George does is he, you know, they're fully fleshed people with completely different mm-hmm. viewpoints yeah. on this sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to Master Lewin. He interrupts Cat and Ned with news that a mysterious wooden box was left for him. It contained a fine new lens for the observatory, but unfi- upon further inspection, he found a message addressed to Catelyn hidden in a false bottom. The letter was sealed with the blue wax moon and falcon of House Aaron and written in a private language that Catelyn and Liza had created together as children. She deciphers it and informs them that it is a dire warning that John Aaron was murdered by the Queen. Catelyn insists that he must become Hand of the King and go south to seek out the truth. Ned's first instinct is to stay as far away from the nest of adders in the south as possible, but Master Lewin suggests that Ned might be able to bring Lord Aaron's killers to the King's justice. Ned eventually agrees, but Catelyn is heartbroken when he informs her that he must remain at Winterfell with Rob and Rickon, that she, sorry, must remain at Winterfell with Rob and Rickon, and that he will take Sansa, Arya, and Bran with him to the Red Keep. So how clever is Littlefinger to just, you know, make sure, just in case, that Ned, you know... (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Because if if Ned had, okay, if he had said no, this would have made him say yes, you know? Right. Well, I always... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, I just think of the detail. I know this sounds strange, but I'm thinking if Littlefinger is behind this, is she... And then I think, okay, Catelyn and Lysa have this special language together. Is Littlefinger forcing her to write this in the special language? I know it sounds strange, but I'm trying to think of the process of how it would go. <laughs> Because it was pretty clever to have it written in something that only Catelyn could understand. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you know, well, or maybe he was such you know he could probably have easily talked Liza into also teaching him. It. I don't know when they were little. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it sounds like when she's um, is it Storm of Swords where Sansa's in the Vale? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that before, basically when there's that huge exposition dump just before she he pushes her out the window there or the moon door. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lysa, you know, I think he just asked her oh. to write it. Okay. Yeah. To write so it too. Because I, she, I was, she was on board with everything. I don't think she needed. Yeah. Any, I well, mean, he may not have, he may have persuaded it, you know, couched it in a, okay, I want you to tell her this so that she'll do this, you know, something else. Because mm-hmm. I think she's, surprised later on in uh, a game of thrones when Catelyn shows up 
But I don't think he had to do a lot of arm twisting there or figure out how to, you know, write pig rat or whatever. Yeah, she's pretty crazy about the little finger anyway. So, I mean, he could could have easily just asked her. (laughs) Gave her some hot loving. Yeah, anything for you, baby, you know? Yeah. (laughs) In your secret language. Uh (laughs) Prostituted for his... uh... (laughs) Yeah. Although I would have loved to hear exactly how he talked her into it, because clearly she knows, I mean, Lysa knows how how Littlefinger felt about Kat. So it's like, you can imagine how he managed to get her to get Kat involved, but convince her that, you know, it wasn't because he was interested in Kat or something. It's, 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 uh, well, you, you would kind of love to hear with those conversations. I think it could have been as simple as, you know, um, this will keep her, you know, out of King's Landing and Winterfell or, you know, something like that. And Lysa would not want Catelyn near. I felt a little difficult to believe that Catelyn wouldn't be a little more wary of just immediately sending Ned down after. I almost felt like finding that news for me would make me sort of think about things twice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's just the the Tully perspective coming in of, you know, you have to play the political game. It's like she doesn't think that you could just opt out. And just accept that you, you know, you may not have a lot of political influence, but you yeah. don't have to be involved in this garbage. <laughs> I always forget so, that they you know, wanted to send Bran down there. I know. Yeah. I, I it would have been a very much. different story. Yeah. Oh. oh, could you imagine? Yeah, poor Catelyn. The guilt, you know. Yeah. Anyway, keeping him back and then look what happens. Spoilers. Can you imagine him climbing around the Red Keep, all the secrets he's here doing that. Yeah. <laughs> him and Arya sneaking around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We did get it anon um, that was pretty related to this whole Liza thing right here. Cool. If you like, I can probably read it right now. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, right. it says, um, hi, ladies, I'm enjoying the Catelyn reread. But I have to ask, why aren't Cat and Ned more suspicious of the way Liza sends this note for them th- to them so secretly? Don't they think it's weird that she's capable of sending a spy along with the royal party that no one detects? Doesn't that seem too cunning for her to pull off? Yeah, because I mean, it just it just shows up out of the blue. I mean, somebody had to well, put true. it there, right? Or it's like the thing was like they're suspicious because she does remark upon you know like it, Lewin is explaining how the box just showed up, but then when she sees the letter in that, I'm assuming it's some sort of like pig Latin or you know kids throw a couple of letters in front of something kind of language, but then that sort of trumps it for her, maybe. That's what I- too. I, and not having seen her sister in so long, maybe not knowing how much Littlefinger has control over her at that point. I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, and that's when she just goes with it. Yeah. Oh, we're the only ones that know this yeah. language. Ooh. Well, so, she doesn't even yeah. know. I mean, I mean, it's a thing. I mean, they cannot have anticipated Littlefinger because the last time Ned saw him was when his brother beat the shit out of him. And. <laughs> Okay, uh, so the last know. time Kat saw him was, you know, he just, he got sent off. He wrote her the letter, which she never read or burned or whatever. And then, you know, they may know he's in King's Landing, but I don't think that they realize. Mm-mm. No, I don't. Why, they would have no reason to think that Littlefinger was involved. I, I mean, it, like. Yeah. It would be, well, you're, you know, somebody from your middle school who, you know, you beat up in a fight and then you forgot all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they would have no idea that he would be influencing Liza. I mean, like, how would you put that together from their distance? No. You couldn't. I but, mean, not that many people really, like, have any suspicions of Littlefinger. They think, oh, he's 
oh, that's just, you know, the master of coin. He's a pretty decent guy. I mean, that's all they really think of yeah. Littlefinger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they think he's a decent, decent guy, but, like, they, they're just like, oh, you can work with him or use him or whatever. He's yeah, I mean, one. they don't think they underestimate him, him threat. Yeah, they he's underestimate the him. Yeah, um, useful guy. He's the, you know, the guy you hire to do stuff. You don't necessarily want to hang with him or marry your daughters to him, but he's helpful and he's advancing the crown's interest and that's how he's getting away with shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, like, part of this is, right, you're dealing here with this whole, because when you first start reading a Game of Thrones, like this whole business of who killed John Aaron and all this seems really important at this point. It's just a whole MacGuffin in the end. But at this point, like this all feels really important. And in many ways, like I personally feel like this is probably George's weakest plot point is this. Yeah. I don't know if it's because he intended to do something else to begin with, with this whole John Aaron and that- thing and then changed his mind. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, because by the time we learn, it's like, it, that's the least of what's going on. Yeah, no, it's, it's I mean, a total MacGuffin thing. It's it's just a, it's just a like it's a smokescreen to get the plot going basically. And it's there are weak elements to it. And like you know that's a weak element of it. Yes, I mean it's like okay, why do they think Liza could do all this? That is that is a weak element of this point of the plot. But there are other weak things about it too, like this whole business of of Littlefinger getting this dagger from Tyrion and all the subterfuge of it and everything. It's just like well, this just I mean like it's just too complicated for what it needed to be. And it's really, in many ways, it's a story mechanic. I'm not going to say complete failure because you kind of just ignore it, but it, it's not—it's not the strongest point of, of of a song of ice and fire. I mean, and I, I wonder also why he would be so. Well, I get bringing Sansa down because of the marriage, but then, or also that marriage—if you—if you suspect that the mother of the child who's going to marry your daughter has killed. You know, that was essentially the man who raised him, correct? Uh, John Aaron? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't that kind of put pause and worry you a little bit? And then to bring the rest of the children down, I was kind of, you know, I know he's he's yeah. moving people about for reasons, but I was really, you know, I'm like, why would you bring all the kids with you? It's so dangerous. Well, I mean, it's, just, yeah. I mean, he's clearly an, enough of safe. a political yeah. animal that he's thinking in terms of, well, and she's thinking in terms of, You've got the tomboy daughter. She needs some civilizing, some, fa- you know, to be. So do you think they know, feel thing- safe because of maybe the status of Hand of the King? They feel like there wouldn't be, you know, any danger and there's enough people there. Maybe that's. Yeah. Sort of and I don't think they think that the kids would be hard. I, I do question. I did question bringing you. You've got you're leaving your heir at home. OK. Wouldn't you leave the spare there, too? That's a good point. Well, the they spare, think yeah. that's Rick. <laughs> Oh. Well, yeah, no, Bran is the spare. I mean, Rickon... Well, yeah, but I mean, Rickon's also a spare. You know what I mean? Like, if something but I mean, like... to Rickon, or to Bran, you'd still have Rickon, I guess, is what... And again, I mean, Bran is supposed to be how old? Arya's... Seven. Seven, Bran is like... Arya's nine. Bran, Bran is seven, Arya's nine, okay. Sansa's eleven, Rob and John are fourteen. So, if he's going to be sending, you know ran off to be fostered or whatever. I don't think he'd be doing that in King's Landing, but mm. I guess maybe that's also what he's thinking. And maybe the idea of wards, it's it seems to at yeah, least at least at the start of this series the wards are relatively safe at least to some extent. I don't know. It's how you build those relationships yeah. and those alliances. Well, and you run into a certain element here of Ned is a very honorable person, Catelyn in her way is a very honorable person yeah. and 
I just don't think they conceive of the the ways that people can be utterly despicable. Of like Cersei, they might yeah. think that people were, you know, <laughs> right. oh maybe they were conspiring against John Aaron, but that's not the same thing as they're going to murder all of us. You know, I mean, I think they just don't right. get the degree mm-hmm. to which they're in over their heads. Yeah. None of them. And we have the be... hindsight, yeah, that we're going over. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of normal people. You think, okay, you know, there'll be a war. They'll go after the combatants. They don't think that someone's going to go out and slaughter kids. Mm-hmm. Yes. Intentionally. I think it's that kind of a thing. I mean, they think the child will be, you know, yeah. the kids will be protected. I, I mm-hmm. It is funny in a way. I, I almost would have loved to have seen Bran go to King's Landing because that thing with Joffrey would not, his little master plan would not have worked out real well. But um, <laughs> that kind of would have been entertaining. But, you know... <laughs> Well, I guess we could segue into um, the one child that hasn't been spoken of, Jon Snow. Ned hoped that Jon could stay as he and Rob were close, but Cat replies that Jon must leave Winterfell. Ned insists that he cannot bring him south, and Maester Lewin informs them that Jon has spoken with Benjen and aspires to take the Black. Ned is reticent because Jon is so young, but eventually agrees it is for the best considering the circumstances. And I'll read a portion of Catelyn's thoughts here. Whoever John's mother had been, Ned must have loved her fiercely, for nothing Catelyn said would persuade him to send the boy away. It was the one thing she could never forgive him. She had come to love her husband with all her heart, but she had never found it in her to love John. She might have overlooked a dozen bastards for Ned's sake. So long as they were out of sight, John was never out of sight, and as he grew, he looked more like Ned than any of the true-born sons she bore him. Somehow that made it worse. John must go, she said. Whew. And this is where all the Catelyn hate starts. Yeah, heavy oh, yeah. stuff. I mean, I thought yeah. about it, and my initial reaction is, "Oh, he's just a child." But you know, I, I'd be jealous. I, I admit, if it was, yeah, <laughs> think about myself. I'd. Be I jealous. mean, he went off to war. He was gone for a year, and I mean, I know from experience when my husband was on army deployments, he was gone for. He's in total. I mean, he was gone. For three years. I mean, not yeah. all together, yeah. but during deployments, it was a total of three years. Yeah. And, I mean, if anything like that happened and he brought home a baby, <laughs> I think I'd be pretty pissed. I mean, it'd probably be grounds yeah, for divorce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah, especially no. he's bringing a baby. He's bringing this baby that's the same age as their baby. So it's like, it's not like he cheated on her, you know, several months down the line. It happened right after he left her. Yeah, I went through lengthy Navy deployments. I've heard so many many stories, and yeah, it doesn't go down well. And to top it off, he refuses to tell her who the mother is. That's, I think that's it, I've always wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I know he promised Leanna, and he's a man of his word, but I was always wondering, what if... You know, what if he actually, like, years down the line, what if he, he actually did tell her the real truth? I mean, would she would her, would her she have been able to accept John That's, if he I actually a, told her the truth? I, she would I have read seen a him really a good fanfic. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just said she would have seen him as a threat regardless, I think. Yeah, I yeah. was going to say, I had read She's this, thinking of her kids. This fic I read, um, the author, it was called Disengagement, and the author has her, and spoilers, sorry, uh, <laughs> for this fic, which is excellent, you should read it, but um, the author has her figuring out um, that John is is uh, Rhaegar and Lyanna's, and she's just as mad, because to her, it's that it's the same thing. I mean, if John is Ned's bastard, he's a potential threat 
to her children. Mm-hmm. If if yeah. if Ned has brought home Rhaegar and Lyanna's son, he is a potential threat to her children. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same deal. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why didn't Ned ever tell Catelyn? And, I, and you know, from my perspective, looking at, at Ned's way of looking at things, I mean, Catelyn makes it really clear they didn't know one another at all. So you can completely understand why to right. begin with. He didn't trust her enough to tell her because, you know, he's trying to protect John, And so, of course, he can't tell her what the story is. And even as he may have started to think that she was more trustworthy, like, you know, it's really telling after his or during his conversation with Cersei when he confronts her about Cersei's kids being Jamie's and you know they talk about the brand push and and why Jamie pushes brand and and Ned thinks I don't know what I would have done if it were me if I had to choose between my kids and other kids I, I might have pushed somebody out a window and mm. he thinks deliberately about what Catelyn might have done if it were one of her children's lives against Jon Snow's life and he's pretty sure that he would have pu- she would have pushed Jon Snow so mm. you kind of get the feeling Ned always knew that you know Cat would see would see John as a threat either because it might bring Robert's wrath or whatever. And that's why he kept the secret. And you can see how it just was this festering thing in their marriage. I think the thing, the thing with Catelyn and John is, and and this is where she gets the flack. And I think it's fair flack because it is fair. You know, George likes to make all of his POV characters have like believable flaws. And Catelyn's one flaw is not that she hates that her husband is like, you know, pushing his bastard kid on her. That's understandable. I think the the issue is rather than taking it out on Ned, she takes it out on John. And I think yeah. that is where yeah. she gets fucked. You know, it's understandable. We understand it. It's mm-hmm. a completely understandable flaw. It is a flaw. It, you know, it, the innocent child shouldn't get the blame. It should be Ned that she blames, but she does blame John and it it sucks. It sucks for John. Yeah. It's not fair for John. And she, she had years and years him. to come to terms with it as well and build she a relationship did. and p- so potentially you would see that you could have some cracks in that and soften a little bit, but it is pretty, pretty harsh to hold that mm-hmm. that grudge. Again, yeah, though, he, has, he has no plans for this boy. He has no plans for fault, not John's fault. No, 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 no. I understand that, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, not only is Ned not planned for his two oldest kids, you know, and where they're going to end up, um, he has not made any plans for the bastard. Um, and I'm using that in that sense, and the, and the you know not because John is a bastard, you know, character-wise, but he has not made plans. He's brought this kid home to be raised up, which is not the custom. Yeah. She's sitting there going, "What the hell?" He's not talking about it, and there there's nothing. It's kind of sad how willing, is how he easily he's willing. Just, is he going to be yeah. given a whole fast? What he has not even given this any thought. It's clear. Well, oh yeah, well that's why it's oh, sad yeah. that no, he just said, "Oh, he can't." Thought it through. Yeah, he can go to so, the black. That's kind of sad. So yeah. the older that kid gets, and the more he's looking like Ned, he becomes a threat to her kids. Now, I don't think John would go off mm-hmm. and unseat Rob or whatever, but I can see kind of where she's thinking. It's a ruthless way to go, but you have to be you have to be alive to the possibilities. And that is actually far more probably of a political harm in her nearby worldview than what the hell is happening, you know, thousands of miles Although, down south. To play devil's advocate with that, do we really think that's the reason why she dislikes John and she resents him so much, or is it the personal slight of having her in her face all the time because oh, I, I think it's a little bit more about him stuff. being in her face and I think it's also like mm-hmm. that he, she's been raised to be the good wife etc so she's not going to take it out on, on Ned she's going to mm-hmm. take it out on the kid which is not right but 
Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it's a sucky situation. But then you look at it from Catelyn's perspective, and here she is probably, what, all 15 or 16 when this is, like, shoved down her throat. And so she might react mm-hmm. a little bit immaturely like a teenager and really resent the kid, which totally makes sense. You know, I mean, like, that's a completely human and normal thing to do. So when people are like, oh, Catelyn's terrible because of this, I'm just like, what the fuck? She's a person. Like, like we she all gets, have these things. She throws to the one guy who she's not, I mean, she's he's handsome and all, and he's, but, you know, I think she has a sense that something's not quite, you know, that he's not the best husband material ever. He gets, you know, killed in a horribly gruesome way. <laughs> then there's Ned, and it's not like she's consulted. I mean, it's like, here's your no. next husband here. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? And then, you know, she sent, he goes oh, no. off to war. I mean, it's, it's not even like they had a normal courtship or that they wanted this. No. No. Yeah, and like you said, I forgot that they would only be 15 or 16. You know, I'm looking at the timeline in my head of the books. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's... That's a teenage reaction, you know, but for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus she has a baby right away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Exactly. She's pregnant during the whole time. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah, I'm sure that this news was getting back to them of um just how brutally Brandon and I mean all these these deaths and these things that are going on. I mean, that's got to be. And I think that rumor about Ashara and how beautiful, you know, the uh, I think oh, that yeah. threw her for a huge loop. Yeah, of course. Stung, She's a, you know. If you think about her teenage self hearing this stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, and you, when you realize that she was beginning to fall for Ned in the beginning of her marriage, I mean, it's like, you can understand why this would become a huge festering issue yeah. between them. I mean, like, it totally makes sense. I mean, it's like, I'm not blaming Ned or Catelyn. They, they have their reasons for all the garbage that they do. Like, you know, they really do. But at the same time, yeah. you're just like... I mean, this just was destined to be a mess. It was destined to always be an issue between them. And like like you said, Calm, like the fact that Ned just never dealt with it thoroughly was just never like, okay, this is what I'm going to have to do with him. You know, I mean, like, come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he kept that secret. That's a, mm, all that time. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know either. <laughs> well, he probably did because his fear was mm. that, you know, if, if it, I mean, I think the other reason he kept it quiet was not just, I think part of it may have been to, you know, not just because he didn't really know her, but, you know, even as he got to know her, that if she knew the truth, that that might put her in danger. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. That too. I mean, he, I mean, she could easily have talked to somebody and that ends up in the ears of Robert and then boom. They're well, going to go think, after everybody. Do you guys think Ned told Benjen? Do you think Benjen knew Ooh. who John was? Hmm. I, don't I don't know. I could I could see it either way. Yeah, me too. I don't I know if there's... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Was he that close? That would be the thing. If he was that close, I could possibly see it, but... You know, I just think he kept it to himself, just mm-hmm. so that it would never get to out. protect everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to protect maybe. everyone and John. Yeah. Well, also bear in mind that, you know, Ned has seen what happened to his other, well, he hasn't seen what happened, yeah. but he knows what happened to Brandon, so maybe he, again, by telling Benjamin, he'd put him in danger. And I mean, John going to the wall is actually, I mean, in terms of, like, a position, a solution, it's like, I would have thought this would be something Ned would have considered. There's a whole bunch of stuff that they would have... I mean, it's what you do with all those second and third and fourth sons. You have to have a plan for them. I mean, it's all well and good for Catelyn to want to, you know, keep popping out babies. But, 
you know, there there can only be one heir. Mm-hmm. You have to have a plan now for all these other kids. Right. Huh. Yeah, it sounds like they dropped the ball on planning. <laughs> all the way around. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> well, uh, you would think he'd have enough time on the way back from where wherever he was whenever he brought baby John. He'd have enough time to really think things through before making it to Winterfell. <sighs> but I guess he Well, didn't. of course, the other, the other thing we really don't know is exactly what he promised Lyanna. He may have promised Lyanna that he would raise John as his own or something yeah. like that or, or never yeah. let him out of his sight. We're not really sure what his promise was that he had to live up to. Yeah, or how long, you know, they might not have had a lengthy conversation. It might have been super quick and... Yeah, who knows? And, and God knows, we may never fucking know. <laughs> oh, I know, after what they right. gave us. <laughs> Nothing. Uh. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I guess that uh, brings us to the end of this chapter. Uh, Do we have any mail? We got um, two more messages. Um, We got one Anon that says, Hey, ladies, what do you think Robert thought when he found out that Ned wasn't bringing his wife to King's Landing? That's an interesting question. (laughs) Party time! (laughs) Man. Yeah, no, it was time to cross swords for sure. I'm sure that's what. Oh, oh, that. <laughs> oh, God. Ned Burt. <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> I was thinking a tour of whorehouses when he had it all planned. Why not both, Clotho? Why not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. More fun for everyone. Right. Um, we actually, guys, we got an email from Xerxes Lannister. <laughs> what? Dun, dun, dun. We did. Yes. Here. <laughs> It's not that bad, I promise. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of highlights from this email. I promise. Okay. Cersei actually likes our podcast. Yay! It's awesome. That's so, that good. Hey, ladies, love the podcast. It is the highlight of my week on my dreary early morning commute. And um, keep up the amazing work. You're making this wait for wins and hopefully the bang that was promised and show bearable. <laughs> Cersei oh, Lannister. Thanks, Cersei. Oh, thank you. So glad thank we can you. Her seal of approval. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad that she's um, excited for the bang too. Right. <laughs> See? She's a it's giver. It's all that wine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all that wine. <laughs> and that's it. Is that it? For, is that it for mail? That was, that was a nice. That's mail. it. I read that other anon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah good. I, I read that other anon earlier. Okay. So, yeah, but that's it. Okay. Um. You can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please like review, subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, Google music, wherever you listen, please support us on Patreon at close the door. Thank you everyone. And thank you, Heidi Mo for guesting with us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah. 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 I survived. Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> <laughs> trial by fire. And thanks for moderating, Clotho. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you <laughs> did for your awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm um, closing the door now. Get out. <laughs>